What's up, everybody? It's time for another edition of Haas Talks, the first one of 2024. And uh, what better way to start than with the legend, Tommy Estes. Tommy, thanks for uh, taking time out of your schedule to sit down and chat with me. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show, buddy. You bet. Enjoy being here. So uh, let's let's break it down because Tommy Estes is a name that a lot of folks my age know, but a lot of the younger generation may not know Tommy Estes. Um, So let's just give them a quick, brief rundown of... When Tommy Estes started racing, and uh, what kind of what what you've done throughout the years, kind of give them the the short uh, the short story of it all. Well, so I guess the short story of it is I started racing in uh, open wheel stuff in 1978. Uh, drove them uh, sprint cars, midgets, silver crown cars up until '99. Uh, Retired from racing in '99. Went to work for him, and a week later at ASCS, did all his scheduling and stuff. Uh, ran his series for 15 years, ran the Chili Bowl and the shootout with with them for the same amount of time, and then um, started doing racetracks, tired of the road, started doing me some racetracks, was at Dodge City for 10 years, went to I-70 for two, and went back with USAC uh, in 23, back out on the road as a competition director. So over the course of that many years, I'm not a mathematician, but that's a long time, and you've put in a lot of time in the sport. Um, what There's been a lot of changes come through, and I, I see you as a guy that kind of um, has been an influencer, so to speak, and some of the things that we see changes being made now as far as safety-wise and everything else. Um, do you feel like we're heading in the right direction, that we're getting to be ahead of our time safety-wise, or are we still behind the eight ball whenever it comes to driver safety? You know, Hollis, I mean, you can always evolve and keep trying to get better at things. We learn stuff every day with, uh, unfortunately, we le- we learn it from crashing. You know, um, back when I raced and stuff, we didn't even have neck restraints. We didn't have uh, seats like we got now. Uh, Jeff Swindell and I was one of the first two to put Butler Bill seats in sprint cars. Um, you know, there's, there's always things you can improve on and get better on, you know, the midgets, they, they never had any kind of chassis specs or anything like that. Uh, we did it in the sprint car deal several years ago. I was involved with that in the sprint car thing. And I thought it was time that we needed to bring that over to the midget side of it too. My reasoning basically for doing that is that a lot of cars are built just for indoor racing. I drove cars for 23 years. Not one time did I ever ask a car owner the thickness of a tubing. I just climbed in it and drove it. Um, these cars that are built for the indoor cars, they get sold to somebody that doesn't know anything and take it outdoors and get it upside down, then things go wrong. Get dangerous real quick. And that's why we're trying to do that with the midget side of it right now. Any car that was basically a legal outdoor car now, we didn't affect whatsoever. Yeah, so it's mainly just the indoor stuff and trying to watch the P's and Q's there. That's what we're trying to do. You know, back to your original question, can we, can we, you know, learn more stuff? Absolutely. You know, there's things that we don't even, that really a lot of people hadn't even seen coming yet that I've talked with safety people and stuff like that that they're already working on that we don't even know about yet. Uh, just other issues that's coming along, you know, that they see coming. Whenever you uh, stand here today and you look at the cars of today versus the cars of yesteryear, do you kind of 
see yourself going, man, what was I thinking on, on some of that stuff? You said you yeah. never asked a car owner, hey, what was the thickness of this cage? Um, are you trying to, do you see that as like being silly and now you're trying to educate these younger drivers of, hey, you need to think about this stuff because one day it's going to, it may be a, a, a deciding factor. Hopefully we can. I mean, I, I put it back to I was young and dumb and wanted to race. Uh, these kids nowadays are no different than I was then. I mean, we just wanted to race. Um, and, and it didn't matter uh, what it was or where it was at. Uh, I took a car to Syracuse, New York, that I didn't have no business even climbing in. You know, I, I crashed it on a half mile two weeks later, and thing exploded into all kinds of pieces. But uh, we, it's just a deal, Ryan, where we're trying to get these guys um, as safe as they can be. They're, they're running faster now than they ever ran. Uh, probably if I climb back in a car now, it'd scare me to death going that fast. But uh, it's just it's just a deal right now where these things are just so fast and and we, we got to do everything we can as a group, organizations, uh, overall series, uh, the overall sport of it to try to make it safer because we, we don't want nobody to get hurt. Something that really sticks out and that's different about you than a lot of other people that are involved in, in this industry is um, you're you're in it just to see just to see the overall growth of the sport. You're not to see the overall growth of Tommy Estes. You're, you're not here to be, wow, wow, look at me. You're here to be, look at what our sport is and look at where our sport's going. You know, I've always told everybody I love my job a whole lot better when nobody knows who I am. And, and, and I'm fine. These kids come up to me now and they tell me things. Well, I don't know if you race or not, but that ain't the way things happen. You know, going back to what you were talking about earlier. But um, if we can just do one thing, to, to better the sport, uh, and, I, and I look at the overall picture of everything that anything I've ever been involved with, uh, I, I, I have no self-benefit from it whatsoever. I just want to make it the best for the sport. That and, and I don't just do these things on my own. I talk to a lot of people way smarter than me, you know, because if I don't know the answer, I'm going to go to people that do know the answer. Whenever you stop and you look at this expo um, and what it's become versus what it was whenever you were um, involved in it, do do you kind of see it as like this is where you saw it going or it, is this something that would have been in the wildest dreams of being as big as it is and continuing to grow and stay right here in this in this big car count range that it has? You know, I don't think anybody ever seen this coming. I mean, you couldn't just put on this show right now just – Anybody that's involved with this event, if you just took them out of the picture and put all new people in here, I don't think they could do it. You know, it's just such a great big event. Uh, I was a part of it for 15 years or so. Uh, we got up to maybe 240 or 50 cars. Didn't know how we could get, you know, maybe more cars in here. Then it went up to almost 300, and then we got them in here, and now they're at 370 or something like that. Uh, they, they do a great job here. What's the hardest part, as as giving an insider's view of this, um, what was the hardest part of doing shootout, chili bowl, whatever it may have been? Like, what's the hardest part of this overall event, being a part of it whenever you were working with them? The shootout is, is in my mind, was 10 times tougher than this chili bowl. Once everybody got through the shootout, this chili bowl is a piece of cake. I mean, we ran the shootout. You raced, those guys raced from, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning till midnight every day, and now it's, it's had to go to five days. When I was doing it, we only done three days. Uh, but the hardest part for me and the most trying part was the parking days. Yeah. You know, and it's even the parking days for the Chili Bowl here because you get 
owners and drivers that don't drive together the same for the same teams every year. So then they both think that they should get the same parking spot and, you know, just, just getting that all in here and everything. Once you get all the trailers in here, pretty much uh, everything is, you know, it goes off pretty smooth. Um, let's, let's kind of put our promoter cap on here for a second, because I feel like, uh, you've done a lot of different things in, in that realm from series wise, traveling track to track to actually, you know, running Dodge city. And then like you said, I 70, um, what's like, what's maybe the top two or three things that promoters over overlook that they're not really paying attention to that they should maybe, they should maybe take a step back because there's things in the world that, uh, that kind of evolve and then, do we really have promoters? Do we have just leasers? Like, how does how does that spectrum look to you right now as far as twenty twenty four goes? Well, I, I, I'm going to go back to um, the the old promoters. You know, the the Tracy Clays and the Joe Clays at I thirty Speedway, the Lanny Edwards at Devil's Bowl and Lawton Speedways, the, the Emmets at the Shootout at the Shelley Bowl in the Creek County. Uh, there, there's promoters all around the country, Earl Baltus and stuff like that. Those guys, and I use the word promoters because they were promoters, they know how to build big events. Uh, in my mind now, we have a lot of track operators that think you can open the gates on a Saturday morning and everybody should come, and you're not going to have dust on a racetrack or anything like that. Trust me, it's a full-time job. I've done it for 12 years, um, and, and that ain't near what none of these other guys' names that I mentioned done it. Um, they done it and were successful. I tried to look at them and see why they were successful and and copy that because I felt like that was a good business model or they wouldn't be doing it. So why do I need to try to reinvent the wheel here? I see people come along all the time and say, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to change this. We're going That's been tried 40 years ago, 50 years ago, just like these cars. Uh, things that they tried new on these cars was tried 40 or 50 years ago. Um, they just need to get with the program and find somebody that's successful in the business and try to make their program as close to that as possible in my mind, but try to better it in some ways, um, and, and promote. I mean, that, that's the whole thing is, uh, social media beats you up. I mean, if everybody used social media as a positive, it would be awesome, but everybody's so easy to use it as a negative and, and, then when people start reading this stuff that's all negative and all negative and you're going out and trying to make sponsors come into your program and they're seeing this negative stuff that people are putting on these websites that weren't even at your facility uh, and, and don't know what they're talking about, um, then why would that want to make anybody get involved with that? I mean, everybody that's in the racing business loves social, you know, loves racing social media should be all positive instead of all negative um that's the way we build a sport up we love it looks like to me we're trying to tear it down yeah you know uh, and that was the real hard thing for me to get over is stay away from the social media stuff because i had one of those promoters names that i mentioned earlier told me that you can't argue with with stupid because they'll bring you down to their level every time and they'll win yeah so they got more experience than you do so i, did, I didn't even try to do it um, whenever you, uh, you see where, where sprint car racing is going, uh, with, with the big creation of high limit, you had some involvement in that last year. Um, just being involved with seeing where it's going now. Um, how, how cool is that just to witness, um, the money coming into the sport? You know, it, it's really, it's, it's amazing to me because it, it's so awesome because you, 
dollars makes things grow. Mm-hmm. We all know that, you know, uh, and, and the more stuff that they're bringing in, whether it's the high limit side or the world outlaw side, whatever, I think competition's good. Uh, it's going to be interesting to set back this year and, and, and kind of see where it goes from here. Uh, but I think it can only get better, in my opinion, just by looking. And, yeah, I did do the high limit stuff last year. Uh, I'm not, I don't have any association with it in 24. I'm just going to strictly stay with USAC and be their competition director. And, and then I'll do the Silver Crown stuff too. Um, but, you know, as far as, as where the wing sprint car deal is, uh, very interesting year. I'll just, I'll just say that. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Since you, since you say competition director, um, there's so many, and, and you don't see it because you don't get on social media, but there's so many opinions as to why midget racing isn't um, per se like like the world of outlaws or like the the high limit stuff, there's no real sellable driver names out there, and a lot of people want to put the blame on that as to the way these things are raced and the the uh, the the not so clear slide jobs and the you know the full send attitude of you know aggressive driving style. Um, what, what's your take on that? I mean, is, is that something that you feel like we as an industry, as, you know, series, as, as regulators need to be more vigil as to making those calls? Or is that something that needs to be taken care of driver to driver? Like, wh- where do you even see it? Do you even see it as being something that needs to be addressed? Absolutely. I do. Uh, I drove race cars for 23 years. Ran 100 races a year for those 23. Took two people out intentionally, and I told them both I was going to do it before I'd done it. Um, some some of these things that are happening nowadays, um, it's it's very aggressive, and it's because they're getting told to be that aggressive, and until somebody stops them from being that aggressive, they're going to continue to be that way. Uh, we have a rule with USAC, if you touch a car after a yellow, on a yellow, after a race, whatever, you're done. I mean, as far as the aggressive racing, uh, we can make the calls and we have made the calls to kind of deter some of that stuff. Um, and, and it seemed to have gotten better, but until somebody tries to really just stop them and park them, that's the only thing that they're going to understand. Do you feel like it's because these kids, and I, I say this, we have drivers coming in at a younger age um, that are starting. Um, I don't want to say that they're starting too early because I feel like a lot of them are super talented and they have the capabilities. Uh, but do you think that just mentally they're not ready for the atmosphere and the pressure that maybe they're getting whenever they get into one of these high caliber rides and you know they have to perform? There's probably 90% of them that I say that's not ready uh, just because they're they're not mentally ready, body-wise, whatever. They're not ready to do it yet. There are a few exceptions to that rule. I will say that. I've seen them. Um, I would rather have a 14-year-old kid in a midget than a, that's raced his whole life than a 41-year-old man that's never raced anything in his life, you know. Um, there's some of them that drive way over their heads also you know but that's they've never been bit and when i say they've never been bit they don't know how hard these things can bite you yeah and until you get your bell rung or something happens then then you understand how bad it can hurt you 
whenever uh, whenever you stop and think about what's what's to come in 2024 for Tommy Estes, like what's one thing that gets you excited about 2024? You know, this I was hired back at USAC to basically oversee the Silver Crown Series, and and back when I raced, when you raced the Silver Crown race, that was an event. You felt like you made it somewhere big time. Um, I, I that is my main goal. With USAC, uh, I am competition director over all three divisions, but I am race director also, and the Silver Crown thing is is my baby, sort of say. And I want to take it to back to where it's an event status instead of just another race type thing. Uh, I, I want these kids that are in this building that, that's never raced a Silver Crown car, I want them to want to go there, you know, and I feel like that, that's a, that, that was a stepping stone for me. You know, I, I raced non-wing midgets in the sprint cars. I raced wing midgets out on the West Coast, uh, wing sprint cars. But when I got to run a silver crown car, I mean, that was a big deal to me. That made your chest puff up a little that, bit. And that's what I want to get that back to now. I want that feeling back in these kids. And I feel like the last couple of years, it has started to gain some traction again. You start to see more entries in, in the field and you start to see bigger car counts and everything else. Um, so I feel like it's going in the right direction. You know, I... I, I they hired me at a great time because it's on it. I mean, for me, not for them anyway, yeah. but for me, because it's on its way up. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and right now it just continues to keep getting bigger and bigger. And, and we went back to talking about dollars. We're getting more dollars into that side of the sport. Um, that, that drives everything and makes people want to be a part of it. You know, I've got new teams right now that's coming on that, that I didn't even know about that I've heard about here that are talking about they're building cars, either for the dirt or the pavement. You know, some of them are going both, and, and that's awesome. What is, uh, so for Tommy Estes, is Tommy Estes like an early morning guy or a night owl? No, I'm, I'm, I'm up at 6 o'clock every morning, uh, and, and I can stay up till midnight if I need to. Um, I'm getting old enough now where I don't like to. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you, uh, whenever you get up, are you like, do you have to have your breakfast? Or are you like an oatmeal guy, or do you wait until and just have a good lunch? I, I, j- I, I could do without breakfast until... This girl I met, she's got me losing all this weight and everything like that. So she thinks I need to eat breakfast to get my metabolism started <laughs> and then go walk like five miles and then you're ready for lunch. So, oh, man. But no, I, I I like to get up in the mornings. I, I, I hate to sleep. I mean, I've always said sleeping's a waste of time. Yeah. Um, I, I can still go as hard as I did when I was 30, I think. I mean, I can play as hard as i could when i was 30 but i could still go as hard what's your favorite type of racetrack are you one of these guys that likes that big wide open knoxville type of track or are you more of a boring type of guy you know it, it's it, it doesn't matter to me the size of it because i've seen great racing on both of them and if you can see good racing it doesn't matter if it's a big track or a small track um are you a, are you a wing fan or are you an on-wing guy well I drove most of my career in wing stuff. The first half of it was all non-wing stuff, but I prefer the non-wing stuff just because if I'm a half a straightaway behind a guy in a non-wing car, I still think I got a chance to catch him. If I'm a half a straightaway behind in a wing car, that guy's going to have to mess up really bad for me to catch him. Lastly, I'm going to ask you for two pieces of advice. The first piece of advice I want you to talk to that young kid out there, that 14-year-old that's getting the phone call from the KKM or the Chad boat to 
hey, listen, you're you're performing well at what you're doing now. I want you to try and come in and race the big leagues. That's the first piece of advice that I want you to give to these listeners. The first piece of advice I would give to a young kid that's coming up in the business is he needs to earn his respect. No matter where he's at or who he drives for, he needs to earn his respect in this whatever division he's going to race in. And then, and then lastly, um, this, this world of racing, yes, race car drivers are very important, but there's a lot of people on the back end of things, um, whether it be a, a crew guy or um, even in these series and in, in, in this industry of, of working in motorsports. For somebody that's like wanting to be a, a promoter or be a competition director or be involved with a series, what piece of advice would you give to a young uh, a young person wanting to get into this industry and be a part of uh, be a part of something special? Then again, I, I surrounded myself when I was starting in this business with people that were successful in the business. So if you can surround yourself with the people and work for the people that's successful. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to be successful also. Surround yourself with good people and good things will come. Tommy Estes, yep. thanks for being on Hostox, yep. buddy. Thank Appreciate you, buddy. You.